bounce through the hourglass. These are the songs of our lives. <laughs> Welcome to the latest episode of Songs of Our Lives. I am Brad Rose. I am a musician, a composer, a writer, the founder of Foxy Digitalis, and someone who thinks about sound and music probably far more than is healthy. Uh, each week, I invite on a guest to talk about the, basically, songs that have left their mark. Uh, and we have fun, and you get to know them, and learn all about them, and all that. So, this week, my guest is Andrew Peckler, who is... is Artist I've admired for a long, long time. And we've kind of, we've been run in similar circles. Like, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends stuff, but this is actually the first time Andrew and I ever, um, ever actually talked. And uh, it was, it was such a fun conversation. And I, I, I feel like I learned about a whole other side of him that I didn't, I didn't quite know, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, it was fun. And he has a new record out called for lovers only, uh, slash rain suite, which is, it caught me off guard. I thought it was a surprise because it like surprising because it's, it's a guitar record ostensibly. And I, when I think of Andrew's stuff, that's not where kind of my head goes, but he points out when we were talking about it, that he does, you know, he plays guitar in a band and he does, he does do things with guitar. And I was like, Oh, that's a good point. But it's a really special record. It's, there's a real kind of vulnerability and int intimacy to it that has, I just I keep going back to it and I actually sent him a message a couple weeks ago and I had been listening I'd been doing some work out on the porch um I was just I was putting some stuff together out there and painting some things and it was pouring rain outside and I was listening to this which has a lot of really beautiful rain recordings on it and it was just like all the rain and it somehow just made it even better so I highly recommend the record and if you can listen to it while it is raining I think you might I think you might have, I think you might appreciate it even more. I don't know. Anyway. So yeah, we recorded this, like I said, a month or so ago on zoom, had a great time. It was, you know, these are fun cause he's in Berlin. So it's, it'll be like morning here and night there. And I don't know, somehow that just adds an extra layer to it in my mind. And maybe that's just me. Anyway, I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, my guest today is a musician, a composer, and from my reading on his latest album, A Real Romantic. So everybody welcome Andrew Peckler. How's it going, Andrew? Uh, hi, Brad. Uh, I'm, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. So uh, tell me a little bit about SG, because it's a new moniker. And, yes. and I could have a whole conversation with you about this, because I've got a million different monikers for projects, um, just because kind of you know indicated in the sort of i don't know liner notes not really liner notes but the description of the album that it was part of why you did it i guess is to indicate that it's very different from maybe what people expect of your work yeah i mean maybe i'm presuming too much but uh, maybe the few people that do know my uh uh work from the previous 10 years or so might 
might have a, a certain, I don't know, um, expectation of a certain kind of sound, certain kind of uh, palette of sounds, and maybe certain kind of uh, aesthetic principles that um, that that might be expecting a continuation of that. And um, mm. um, I was I was basically just interested in doing something else. And at, as you know, as a, a person of many monikers, uh, um, uh, a, a different pseudonym uh, is always a very, uh, very freeing and very mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, it's a it's a new blank slate that uh, it can be filled with, with with all kinds of stuff without any without any um, uh, prerequisite uh, prerequisites or expectations on on one's mm-hmm. own part. It seems very freeing once once you decide that you're working on something that's okay. This is going to be called whatever right. it's going to be called, and it's different from it, it's uh, can be very fruitful in that sense. Yeah, no, I I feel that for sure, yeah. and it it's just kind of for me. It's always it's just kind of fun, <laughs> like just yeah, to, yeah, sure. And um, I, haven't, I haven't done anything un, with under a different pseudonym for quite a while, so. Uh, but but yeah, the 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 it, it was kind of my. I mean, this is completely not interesting, but it was kind of my pandemic project because, uh, uh, being cooped up in the house with 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 family and kids and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, working from home, um, I I. I needed something at the uh, in the in the at the end of the uh, you know in the evenings or in the in the right. time where i had time to, to to work on music something much more um uh physical uh tactile to work on in britain so i reverted back to, to to playing guitar and seeing what i could just come up with 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 just the guitar and a couple couple of pedals um yeah um and that was very it was refreshing i, I mean I, I hesitate to say therapeutic but it would it, it, it felt good at the time mm-hmm yeah, no, I, I, I had kind of been out of. I mean, I I would play music a little bit, but I hadn't really made a record in five or six years. And then when the pandemic hit, it was similar. I needed something to do to just maybe distract me or just come down from the day. And so it's, it kind of got me all back into where I am now. And um, so yeah, I can I can very much relate to that. Yeah. Um, I also. I really quick wanted to, so I'm an absolute sucker for like the sound of rain. It's always been one of my yeah. favorite sounds. I did an album a couple of years ago where each track uses a rain re- recording of rain that I made at my house. Um, I missed that one. What's it called? Uh, it's called streams. It's under my charlatan moniker. I can, I can oh, send okay. it to you. I can send it to you after we, after this. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but why I'm curious for you, why rain? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think uh, we're, we're on the similar wavelength. Uh, I, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, it's always nice to hear. It's yeah. never not. It's never not uh, uh, <laughs> appropriate. Uh, even even uh, even if it's um, yeah, even by itself as a as a kind of an accompanying layer to music, uh, as a as a mm, uh, kind of a synthetic imitation of of rain. I don't know for some reason. I, 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 it's probably, I mean, as this is my speculation, it's probably like the very first kind of um, total soundscape that we become aware of maybe as as, as children. Mm, kind of, yeah. Um, it's, it's the first oh. kind of environmental soundscape mm-hmm. that totally envelops you, uh, that mm. you, uh, I mean, depending on where you grow up, but sure. um, uh, that you kind of become aware of that you, that you're then, uh, um, that it's kind of all encompassing and then your, 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 your whole sensorium is within this, you know, exists only within the sound. And maybe that's why it's, uh, it's so, uh, I, I, maybe that's why I'm drawn to it. Yeah. Some kind of deep innate 
innate memory. And it's also, I mean, it's, you know, people, uh, I, I think that's not just me because people, you know, put on the sure. sound of it to go to sleep and it, people find it very comforting. And, um, yeah. Um, was guitar, was, is that like your first instrument? Is that where? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this, this was classic. like a return to. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Classic, uh, classic, you know, um, indie, uh, late eighties, early nineties upbringing with, with yeah. guitar and playing in bands and stuff. And, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I still, I never, I never like ab abandon it completely, but, uh, focus maybe sometime, you know, periods less and less on it. But I, I mean, I do play in a band or in a, in a, in a, in a, in a trio with, uh, my friends, uh, Hanno Leichmann, Jan Jelinek in this trio called Group Show, where I play guitar primarily. Oh, well. right. It's been going on for years as well. Uh, we're not super active, but I mean, that's a, that's also been kind of a, a parallel mm -hmm. track with, with guitar. Well, I'm going to use that as a segue in here since we're talking about early, <laughs> early experiences with music and we're going to, we're going to dig in here. And the first question of course is what is the first song that you remember? Yeah. Uh, it's not really even a song. It's more of a, it's more of a, f uh, a fragment of a song uh, or uh, uh, a fragment that appears in many songs. This um, kind of the classic uh, boogie woogie left hand bass line from like uh, played on the piano, which is, right. uh, which is, uh, we had, we had a little upright piano in my, in, in the apartment where I grew up um, in, in um, back when I was really little in the Soviet union. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, my mother could play, but she uh, or she had some training, but she never did play except she would be coaxed every once in a while to like play some some Chopin. But my father, every time, almost every time he walked by the piano, he would do this boom, 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 and that's it. And that's the only thing he could play on the piano. <laughs> that's amazing. Just the left hand, and I. And she, so, um, I love that. Yeah. Was there was there music like growing up? Was music like around like in the house a lot? Like did. Uh, not, not so much. No, my, I mean, um, uh, there was something on all the time because usually it was radio. Um, I, my, my parents were big kind of like, uh, well in the Soviet union, when I was really little, there was, it was, uh, it was, uh, shortwave radio was kind of one of the, one of the few possibilities mm. to kind of, um, when, um, receive news from outside news and information about and music also mm -hmm. from outside the, uh, um, the Soviet sphere. Uh, it was, uh, and it was, it was I mean, and the frequencies were jammed sometimes. So I, my, my, my father, oh, my wow. mother would always be like turning the dials, <laughs> trying to dial in like that. So I, I have, this is also this sound of like shortwave radio. Yeah. It was a very early <laughs> memory for me. Um, but uh and then when we when we immigrated to 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 the states uh my, my parents always had the radio on but they were just but it was i think they're more interested in information and news and mm -hmm. later on maybe like sports and and right. traffic and stuff more, more talk <laughs> radio and like political discussion and stuff uh i was i think i was the one who brought most of the music into the house oh, that's uh, interesting yeah uh, was that just from like going when going to school and stuff and just yeah I, yeah I don't know I think I think maybe just yeah from just um from the little bits that I that, that I that I did hear from the radio I was I was enchanted uh mm -hmm. right away by by music I like 
early eighties, uh, just what was on, what was in the charts. It was, it was, uh, was very, um, in my, in my, in my memory, very, very kind of vivid and technical and very, very bright and world. And at at the time when I was so little that I, 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 and I, I think this is probably a common thing. I imagined that, uh, I didn't understand about recordings, but I imagined that whenever, you know, (laughs) electric Avenue was playing, that Eddie Grant was like in the somewhere in the radio <laughs> studio playing it. Yes. That and I was fascinated by the fact that like, he can, he does it so often and he, it's always so good. Like every time. <laughs> I, nails know. It. I know. I used to think the same thing. It was so, yeah. The idea of recording when I think, you know, eventually learned about that was like, Oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, well, so what is, um, what's a song that will usually make you cry? Ooh, cry or at least feel that kind of you know that emotion of where maybe it doesn't actually make you cry but it, you feel yeah. that you know welling of emotion i mean yeah so, so often these kinds of these i mean these are these kinds of associations these these kinds of things work because by association with a certain mm-hmm. you know moment or person or situation like it's not maybe not necessarily this is the song is just a conduit it's not anything right. in the, in the song necessarily uh in and of itself for but, sure. uh, but I mean, I do have some, some very, uh, you know, uh, tender, uh, memories of like teenage, uh, infatuation, mm-hmm. unre- unrequited love, maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, soundtrack to, uh, um, a couple of Cocteau twin songs because the, the object of my, uh, <laughs> of my infatuation was very into the Cocteau twins. So I had, to, I, I got really into them. Uh, and so, uh, but, uh, and, and their music is quite, you know, quite bittersweet mm-hmm. and also very, because of, because of the way of the, the way the vocals of the Frazier, the kind of, uh, made up language vocals are, is very open to interpretation. So you hear what you want to hear in them. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, yeah, classic would be the, um, pearly dew drop drops. Yeah. I love God. I feel like that that song is kind of perfect. <laughs> if such a thing exists, it's such yeah. um. There's moments where her voice just kind of like, it like rises up and it's almost sort of feral and sharp okay. and it's oh my god that yeah. just it's, it's just that's just just this side of of uh, losing control yeah and but but within this very kind of beautiful, uh, beautifully constructed. Um, uh, musical frame framing yeah mm-hmm. yeah right. i love i love that song and um yeah that's interesting yeah i mean i think like you said a lot of these and that's part of why i love doing this is because like you said they're conduits to other things and it's i was telling somebody i did one a couple weeks ago with someone and i feel i was like oh, i feel like i came out of this and i have this totally more clearer understanding of where your like music comes from and where because like these songs and how they relate it. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's, that's part of why I like doing this. Also, I get to just learn about cool music and talk about cool music. <laughs> um, well, kind of on the, on another the, one, if I could just uh, briefly, sure. mention, it just occurs to me, another one that, the uh, another song that uh, I, I wrote down that could, brings me close to tears is uh, the song by Joao Gilberto called Undu. And that's also a song where I don't understand the lyrics mm-hmm. with the, with the, Cocteau Twin song because it's in, I mean, he sings it in Brazilian, Portuguese. Right. And that's, that's also a very beautiful song uh, that uh, I could recommend everyone check out. It's a 
from his from a later album from 73 i think and it's re- you have to kind of um, it's recorded in, in an incredibly incredibly uh, intimate way it sounds yes. like he's, he's singing very you know this you know this album right yeah uh, well and i was yeah i hadn't i hadn't listened to it in a while and so i put it on yesterday and i immediately remembered and it's yeah, yeah it's so it's kind of like he's singing it you're in the room with him and it's very yeah. oh, you're, you're you're like right next to his yes <laughs> right you're standing like six inches away from him and he's whispering yes and uh, feels so intimate it is yeah. and yeah and i and like yeah i can't understand a word of it but i find the vocals just so wonderful and sort of yeah, yeah it's beautiful yeah. um and i think and i love that pick too because you know i i don't know how familiar people are with his work but most people will think of obviously like his bigger things he's well known for and i think this yeah. is just this other side of it that is so wonderful so yeah yeah apparently he he i mean he died not too long ago just two or three years ago apparently he was semi-destitute oh wow yeah uh yeah some uh yeah i I don't know exactly what went wrong but he was he he didn't he didn't uh end up maybe in the in the in the in the place where that that he i think he probably deserved to have man contributed a a sadly familiar story yeah indeed (laughs) um well to kind of go the other direction what's a what's a song that'll generally put you in a better mood um always um i um i, I, I when i was thinking about this question i i i realized i was uh, a, a, um, a lot of a lot of the the potential songs that came up were uh like uh, yeah jamaican music reggae mm-hmm. uh, reggae rock steady and uh dance hall stuff um for some reason this the the combination of kind of like a sweet melody um welded to like a like a super tough rhythm is yeah. always is, yep. is, a, is a really winning combination for 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 for, for mood enhancement oh my gosh completely agree <laughs> yes <laughs> but, um uh, yeah uh, murder she wrote uh classic dance hall yes 80s or, or 90s like uh dance hall track is is such a is such a such an uplifting oh my gosh it's so good yeah and, and so I, I, as well yeah it is and it's so, it's like this it's it's relentless because it's just yeah. it, and and i'm one of my notes i was like i'm a sucker for duos where the vocal del- like they're each their style and delivery yeah, is yeah. this total opposite but it just yeah. is perfect together yeah, yeah. oh man this song. Is so i i think chakademus is uh is quite gruff and pliers is this guy's very sweet yeah uh-huh. very sweet high tenor voice they, they on the same exact same rhythm they did a version of bam bam the, the, oh, with the, I mean the, the exact same rhythm, but just the the taking the vocals, the the, the lyrics from Bam Bam, and uh, that's uh, the, the rare occasions where I sometimes DJ. I have I have both of these seven inches, and I just go back and forth for like fifteen oh, minutes. That's amazing! Oh my gosh, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. back and forth. It's a, it's my little party trick. Wow! Yeah, gosh, I mean, and and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, and this is for a different question, but you had like sister nancy bam bam mm. is huh yeah amazing got the baseline on that oh yeah yeah Woo. again that's that that's that uh super i i always i always want to call it like a tough like uh 
a tough rhythm um, mm -hmm. in the sense that it's it's very it's very insistent it's very it's very grounded it's very uh, yeah it's very I don't know what and this kind of very floaty high uh, I'm trying to paint a picture of like these two these two realms right interacting with one that's what and it feels very, like there's very little in the in the in in, in between them it's kind of this uh, uh right. just the chords and the maybe a little bit of organ but it's yeah yeah it's a com the it's a combination the realm. yeah it is it's like it and there's i don't know yeah i i always i think that is the thing that's a really good way of describing it and i th thinking about that it's like yeah this is why i'm so dr like drawn to so much of this kind of music because yeah. those two things happening in unison but seemingly it's like how <laughs> like, yeah and also uh, with especially with bam bam with the sister nancy version that original recording because she also sounds like she's like 14 or something she sounds like a, right she sounds very uh i mean this is projection on my part but she sounds very very innocent and very it it, it sounds almost voyeuristic it sounds like you're almost like listening to like uh like uh, a teenager like singing in the bedroom yeah that's no that's a gosh that's a really good so my daughter is 10 and has in the last year really gotten into music and singing and so many times now like i'll walk past her room and we'll hear her even like this morning i <laughs> i thought that my i thought that my wife was awake and talking to her but it was her singing in her room at like 5 45 this morning because we were you know and it is it's very and every time i walk by it just makes me smile because it's like this wonderful thing and that's May, can i ask is, is she a swifty huge yes. yeah yeah, that's that. That's the thing that really like she had a kind of passing interest in music, and then in this last year, yeah, kind of discovered Taylor Swift, and so this is this is like this is like this is like watching Beatlemania happen in real time, isn't it? It yeah, I, that's the only thing you know. Obviously, I I wasn't didn't experience that, but from a distance and seeing this, I've never seen anything like it. We went to the concert movie thing uh -huh. last week, uh -huh. and it's. It wasn't like jam packed, but everybody in there is just singing to every, at long to every song, and, and wow. it was, it was wonder. Like I kind of got caught up, and it was just like this kind of beautiful thing of people just, exp you know, not having a care and just yeah, yeah. experiencing just the joy of it. Yeah, and yeah. it's you know. So speaking of things larger than life, and I, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> what is objectively? <laughs> The best song of all time. Um, I mean, you know this. I know this. Everybody knows this. It is, of yes. course, Bo Diddley by Bo Diddley. Well, I mean, if the song is your name, it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's that's a great song. It's yeah, it's it's. I, I've I've been I've I've had this theory for a long time that it's it's the, uh, uh, it, it it's in and of itself for for it kind of um. Not only does it succeed uh, perfectly at doing what it sets out to do, but it also is um, uh, paradigmatic for, for for many many other things. It's like it's the perfect confluence of so many things that both point to to its to its roots, to its past, and the, and that point and that points to the future. Mm. Yeah, it's it's I think it's the moment in popular music where uh where um I mean, it was a it was a big hit 
mm-hmm. and it's it's basically it's all rhythm. There's no there's no harmony. There's no there's no chord progression. It's one chord, and it's all rhythm. And this is this points the way to the future of, <laughs> of music past that point. I mean, points the way to you know to what James Brown did. You know, a decade later to funk to hip hop to techno essentially basically it, it flattens out all the harmonic information and puts all the emphasis into uh what happens in the what happens with the rhythm and all the nuances and the push and pull and all the uh the harmonic elements that get added and taken away that's 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 the arrangement it kind of basically throws out throws out huh. diatonic harmony and says we we it's just rhythm now Wow. So and so it's harmonically it's just it's just it's it's no longer horizontal it's just vertical. Yeah. I'd never thought of it like that but that is damn. It's yeah. extremely futuristic. <laughs> also and 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 other aspects too like I mean just the sound of it as well. I mean right. Odidly essentially uh invented like the tremolo effect on the, on the amp before before Fender was building that into so he was he was a little bit he was a bit of like an electronics tinkerer, right? He built his own amps <laughs> and he built the tremolo effect, which kind of uh which adds these cross rhythms, polyrhythms to the rhythm that he's playing on the guitar, to the rhythm from the maracas and the drums. So it's 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 yeah, rhythmically it's like super complex. Right. Actually, if you if you break it down into its individual elements. And it's also non non repeating because the tremolo has the tremolo is not synced in any way to what the what the, what, what, the, what the rest what the what he's playing what the rest of the band is playing um yeah it's it's just it's so i mean it it, it like the next 50 60 70 years of music are in that in that song and also but it's also the the beat itself uh i mean the bodily beat has its antecedents in like uh, uh afro-caribbean rhythm mm-hmm. the clave rhythm uh which uh you know is you is still in the in the still very much in the musical dna of things that are happening now and like reggaeton in dance hall yeah uh, brazilian music and and it's uh you know you can you can more or less trace the, all those roots that that those roots back to uh, uh uh back to back to african origins or origins so it's i mean it's like <laughs> it's the past it's the future and and, and also and it's so and it's also so fun and so joyous and it's uh, right um <laughs> The, the the vocal delivery is this this is this is is this uh, amazing mixture of like sexual braggadocio and like nonsense like like children's <laughs> rhymes yeah um um yeah it's like surreal surrealism surrealist <laughs> lyrics uh, I mean obviously it's also probably maybe not meant to be over analyzed in this way but it's just it uh, I, I I never never tire of that song yeah and I, I think it's perfect. Well, and it's one of those songs, it's like within a second or something, it's like, you know what it is. Like when it, yeah. it when it starts, it's like, and yeah, wow, gosh, I'm never going to look at this song in the same way, like in a good way. I, it's, I mean, I always loved this song, but now I mean, everything you're saying, it makes so much sense. And it's, yeah. it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it, and it also launched like a million imitators and like, you know, British, in, British, like R, British Invasion, R&B, mm-hmm. all those bands, all, they all covered it. They all played songs with that rhythm. It's all, I mean, it's responsible for a lot of good and bad music. Right? Sure. Gosh. I mean, it, you know, the it's just like the perfect answer to this question, too, because it, people don't know this, but there's like, I always put a note on here of like, what if you, if an alien showed up and you had to show them the height of Sonic achievement, what would it be? Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> it's, 
I mean, to, to me, from my from my taste, I, yeah, obviously, sure. it's 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 only representative of like a <laughs> a, a, a fraction of music uh, and, and Western music with you know, of course, American uh, and African American music. Uh, but it's it's um, that's um, that's I guess that's pretty much mostly what I'm interested in. So yeah. that would be my that's, that would be it. my caveat to the aliens. Of course, yes, <laughs> yeah. Go visit some other like. <laughs> continents and cultures so you could get there yeah. take two yeah. um you well, might have to ask somebody in india and uh um, yeah and uh yeah. elsewhere what they think for sure <laughs> um well what is what's a song that you used to love but now if you listen to it you don't love it so much you find it a bit yeah I, I think yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm i'm hesitant to like bash any anybody and i'm also also i'm not i'm not uh i kind of reject the idea of being embarrassed by by one's sure. own earlier uh uh missteps to, in taste or whatever uh but yeah, I, I, I did i as a as a kind of late high school teen i i absolutely adored jane's addiction uh, <laughs> me and my whole yeah. cohort of friends uh they were like perfectly encapsulated our uh among other bands, but they perfectly encapsulated our kind of like, yeah, our, our thing. I, yeah, yeah. It was I, me and my friends, same thing. I still, yeah. I can still play the bass line for three days. Like that was like, yeah. <laughs> if I yeah. pick up a bass, I want to play that. And 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 mountain song, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was uh, that was very big. And I, it, I every once every few years, I kind of like you know revisit that, and it it it, it I. It's very, very hard for me to put myself back into that space of mm-hmm. uh, mental space of being able to appreciate it. It, it feels so, uh, it, it, like the sound is really, really grating. Uh, yeah. Actually, not 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 well recorded. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 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 that. I mean, I, I I quite like things that are like shittily recorded, but it was like right. recorded in a particular like shitty hi-fi way. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and it, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I can't I can no longer get with uh, with the guitar. Yeah, uh, uh, no. pyrotechnics. Oh, uh, <laughs> although at the time I was like, wow, some, wow, what a great guitarist. Oh, um, and um, uh, and I, I realized that like J, uh, Perry Farrell's whole like uh, like all these delay lines on the on the vocals that is like totally is is basically he, he took that like one-to-one from 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 gibby from the butthole servers right <laughs> that's true yeah. he was he yeah. was doing all that but like to much more interesting effect right yeah I, yeah for you for sure i could i still i mean yeah i'll still i'll still happily listen to a lot yeah. of those old butthole surfers records yeah for um, sure that's that's aged well i feel yeah i think it's it's always it's interesting to think about stuff from like that period of my life when i was like a teenager and and what and, and and I say this as a person because like West Coast punk rock was very formative for me, and I have a whole other podcast I do with a friend of mine about the band Rancid, oh. and a lot of it is ex- is talking about these things of like, you know, fandom and and things that were really formative and important to you when you were younger, and like what does that mean now, and especially in situations where maybe it's made by people who are not the best people, like how do you you know. Anyway, so I th- these are things I think about a lot, and I think like yeah. Jane's addiction falls kind of. I mean, not, I don't know a whole lot about Perry Farrell and 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it seems, yeah. It also seems it has a slight, slight flavor of like being very, um, very, uh, very convinced of of, of its own cleverness. Somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good way to describe it. It, um, yeah. There's this feeling of like, I'm so smart. Let me show you. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm so weird. Let yes. me shock you. Yes, right. <laughs> but I mean, but when you're 17, that totally works. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I was 17, it worked. Yeah, sure. no. For I, sure. I, I went and saw them on my uh, 17th birthday. Uh, oh man! I mean, one the only time I saw them. Ultimate 17 way to celebrate yeah. your 17th birthday. That's yeah, it's great. It's <laughs> uh, a dream. On acid. <laughs> uh, even better. <laughs> yeah. With um, with Pixies and and Primus opening up in San Francisco. Oh my gosh, that, wow, that is a 90s, like, Bill, if I ever heard one. Yeah, that was <laughs> very, very 90s stuff. Um, well, I can tell you the story, of, if, uh, I can tell you the story of um, uh, when I saw Nirvana open for Dinosaur Jr. another time. Oh, man, I saw the Smashing Pumpkins open for Guns N' Roses, so that, oh. was, <laughs> that was a weird one. And I saw Guns N' Roses open for Aerosmith, that was my very <laughs> first a very first wow. concert. Wow. Gosh. Like big concert. That's a, that's like a whole interesting conversation. It's like bands that open for that. I mean, I don't know, you know, the bands you saw it before they got big. Yeah. And then that maybe probably went on to be bigger than the band they opened for. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but let's, yeah, well, that'll, we'll save that for a different podcast. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Um, well, what kind of on a, on the opposite, end of the spectrum sort of or maybe adjacent what's a song that a lot of people or some group of people hate don't like it but you absolutely love it yeah i, I like as with the previous question I, I find it a little bit difficult to kind of uh focus my thinking on, on this kind of like somewhat negative sure thoughts i i i don't want to yuck anybody's yum as they say or right. yum anybody's yuck <laughs> in this case <laughs> But I, I, yeah, um, as a as a kind of the on ramp to my as previously mentioned, like kind of like a, a adoration of James Addiction. Uh, I was a big you know, like teenage Led Zeppelin freak. Me and my mm. me and my friend, we we just uh, watched Song Remains the same. I don't know, like dozens and dozens and dozens of times, and just obsessed over the records. And um, so uh, and that um, I and I can still. Uh, uh, although I've heard all those songs way too many times, I still, I still have a soft spot for "Stay Away to Heaven." Uh. <laughs> I think it's, I think maybe even I appreciate it even more now because um, um, there was this great uh, from the Thirty Three and a Third uh, RPM series of books. Mm-hmm. There was a great book by, uh, I'm not mistaken, Eric Davis is the name of the author about about uh, Les Zeppelin Four. And a lot of it is about about Stairway to Heaven and how it's like the perfect uh, it's a perfect cipher, in the sense that uh, the, the lyrically, uh, it it it's uh, it's um, it's very how should I put it? It, it it makes no sense, but it, it feels like it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you can make your own sense out of it as a right. as as a, especially at that age as as a uh, kind of wandering uh, wondering uh questioning uh uh curious young person mm-hmm. uh who's maybe even read some tolkien or whatever uh 
yeah, or some you, Herman Hesse or some. Uh, you can invent a whole story that will yeah, make sense. It 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 it, yeah. it seems very profound without actually saying anything. Yes, necessarily. That's really, yeah. No, I like that. Um, and uh, I mean, the, the, um, in 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 the in this thirty three and a third uh, book, it's 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 much 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 better analyzed, and like that. and of course, and the music supports that, and the music is of course absolutely undeniable, right? Uh, uh, no, no matter what anyone says, and it's and it's and it's extremely, uh, it's extremely tasteful, like the way it's put together. It's not excessive at all. Uh, maybe as compared to like maybe many of the live versions that would go on for too long and the solos would be a little bit too sloppy and so right. on and so forth. We build in extra parts, but like the studio version is just, it, it's just perfection. Yeah. And, can, and as opposed to Jane's addiction, I can totally uh, be myself back into my 14 year old brain uh, in that sense of wonder of like, Oh, this is so profound. What does it mean? <laughs> I love it. No, um, that's great. I think that's a great answer. I really love that because you're, I mean, it, it, for, I think for a lot of people, it's sort of this cliche or something now, but, yeah. um, you know, and whatever, you know, every, do you, everybody do you, but I, what, yeah. What, what I have to say, recently I saw, there's this kind of a, a genre of videos on YouTube of like, uh, person X listens to song Y for the first time and they, right. they just, and then it's like their reaction. reaction. Yeah. 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 And there's there's like a couple of these with with like Stairway to Heaven people who've like never heard Stairway to Heaven before and they're like, you, it's it's so it's so fun, vicariously yeah. fun to watch them like totally be entranced and like just get into it and like get further into it and deeper into it than they thought was even possible and then like afterwards like oh my god this is the best thing I've ever yeah oh uh, that's yeah I've seen some of those I haven't seen one for Stairway but that's great there's um, I saw a video it was a performance. Uh, it was like, I don't know, it was some like awards thing where they were like Led Zeppelin was being honored with some like lifetime achievement mm -hmm. award or something. And so like all these other bands, I guess, were playing their songs. I didn't. Only one I watched is Heart doing Stairway. Yeah. So like Ann Wilson, like, oh, my God, it was. And it show, it's like showing like Robert Plant and like Jimmy Page. And they're just like in tears watching like Ann Wilson just crush the song. And then and Jason Bonham. Robert Plant playing. probably in tears because uh, <laughs> Wilson can can hit the notes that he can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like she. Yeah, and and Jason Bonham is playing drums like with them um, on it, and so it was. I don't know. It, I it it was. Yeah, I I had it. Just sort of has added to my recent appreciation of the song, and it was and it was like they played it. They didn't do like the you know like it went on too long. It was like crisp and and yeah, and Ann Wilson can just. <laughs> not nancy yeah right now, yeah nancy's the she she was actually no she wasn't playing the solos because she the rhythm guitarist but um i don't know who the guy is but was playing the solos but that's my fault um no i think that's a great answer i love it um okay so now let's see we are uh changing gears but as i i mentioned i i feel there's i feel like there's a certain i don't know why i think this and maybe i'm out of my mind but to your new record there's this like some of it has this there's a romance to it i don't oh, know it's absolutely there it's oh. absolutely intentional for sure good okay <laughs> Keep um, picking so in that vein what what is the most romantic song uh it, there's lots of favorite romantic yes. songs of course but uh one that always stands out as a as a encapsulation of maybe 
kind of romantic feeling is is uh, Naima, mm. John Coltrane's mm. Naima. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it was written for his uh, uh, for his first wife before for Alice, and uh, it's just um, uh, there's a there's a like a chord change, a resolution towards the end where it it goes from I I, I don't know I'm not I'm not I'm not burst in like music theory, but I, it goes from like minor to major essentially in this uh-huh. whole and you uh, you realize kind of at that at that moment in the song you realize that this whole thing this kind of very moody uh piece had been building up to this to this resolution mm-hmm. that changes it's it's like a, it's like a beam of light enters the enters the room all of a sudden or before the mm-hmm. sun emerges from a cloud but and the great thing is it, it's not overdone it's not it's not it's not played up it's very it's it's very it's almost very matter of fact the way it kind of changes at the end uh, it's uh, sonality and and that's it's um yeah that 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 to me is a very it's kind of the musical um representation of of this kind of tender romantic love not 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 you know not like heated first loom of you know uh, you know, falling in love or, or or passion, this kind of romantic love for 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 uh, uh, for a partner that mm-hmm. uh, that is maybe you know has has you know withstood withstood some um, some difficulties and has has lasted and, and weathered um, over the years. This kind of um, this kind of letting in of light uh, in a, in a, uh, in a maybe somewhat unexpected moment yeah that's that, that that to me feels very much like what 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 romantic love feels like yeah oh i think that's uh, that's really well i think that's a really lovely description of that um yeah i really i i love his playing on that song i mean i yeah. love coltrane and i love you know the blue train was the first jazz record i ever heard um so i will always have even though you know, in later years of my life, I got a lot more into his like love Supreme and beyond and like blue train will always have a very soft spot in my heart. But, um, yeah, his point, there's just, I think there's a real, and it makes sense considering what the song's about, or, you know, he like said, he wrote it for his first wife and there's like a real intimacy to his playing. And I think, and I always thought it was interesting too. Like I was listening to it again and, like the rhythm section feels very like sparse and it, like in the focus understandable. I mean, I get it, but like even more so in a way it's like honed in on what he's doing and like yeah. the, the notes he's playing. And I think yeah. that just kind of adds to when you think of what, what the song is for and all that. It, yeah. It's very tender. It's very, mm-hmm. very gentle. Yeah. Which, which is, you know, especially like, you think like later Coltrane and it's like, tender and gentle like he was like okay now i'm gonna (laughs) rip the i mean well i mean he's you know he was he he was somebody who you know who felt the gamut of uh, feelings as Mm -hmm. we all do as we all are but he was able to you know express them yeah um well what is a what's a song that kind of that changed your perspective on an artist whether for good or for bad yeah Um, 
um, maybe less less my changing my perspective on a, on an individual artist and kind of on a on a kind a, a, a genre of music in, in general. Um, the, um, just a little kind of bi- biographical anecdote. I I, um, uh, I I grew up in the states, and then I went to went to Germany to to go to, to go to university, mm. um, and uh, once I got here. To Germany, you know, made new friends and uh, also people who were into music. But they had, you know, we, we had a lot of things in common. We, you know, bonded over, you know, certain musical interests. But they had, uh, they had, um, uh, their upbringing included a lot more electronic music mm. uh, and and kind of early, you know, techno and house and things, some, which I had had barely, barely any exposure to growing up in the states in the in the you know eighties and uh, right. Mid-90s. Um, yeah. And so, and I didn't really, I didn't really get it. So, I didn't really get techno or how it, how it, how it worked or how it was, how it was connected or related to kind of uh, uh, to to American African American music uh, in, in general and until um, uh, until, and I remember the moment exactly. This uh, this one Robert Hood track called "Museum" from um, from I think from the, from the album "Minimal Nation." Mm-hmm. Possibly, so. or possibly, nighttime world. One of one of his earlier albums from like the mid nineties. Um, and it 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 totally clicked for me. I was like, okay, I understand. This is this is this is. Um, I understand how this is connected to, to jazz, to R and B, to to funk, to um, to, kind of you know all all the all the all all the. Uh, all the great music from uh, uh, that. Uh, Made by made by black people in America, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I understand this is just the, the kind of uh, with by different uh, arriving at similar endpoints, but just with with different with different mechanisms. Uh, All the yeah, I mean it's, it's it's cliche now to 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 say this, but I didn't. It, I I remember exactly the moment where it clicked. I was like, ah, oh, okay, I get it. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I totally i I totally get that. I I had. I don't remember what I wish I remembered better, but because for a, a long time, like electronic music and techno and stuff didn't, I had similar thing. I mean, I grew up in the States and um, I didn't, I didn't move to Germany, but like getting into it, like there was, I, it was, it may have been, I don't know if it was Robert Hood. It may have been like Terrence Dixon or so. There was something, but where it like, I heard something and it was like, oh, okay. And then yeah. just kind of opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Robert, I lo- and I love Robert Hood. So that's hey, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. <laughs> have, you, have you seen him DJ? Never have. Yeah, I can I got, only I, imagine. I've seen him a couple of times. It's, it's really, uh, uh, it's just really intense. He played a lot of. Last time I saw him it was quite a while ago now, but uh, he played a lot of like, uh, what sounded like, like gospel edits, like basically, like oh wow, little snatches and bits of. Um, from, from from gospel music like with you know with like pounding 135 bpm oh man drums uh but like yeah pretty pretty good yeah stuff. that sounds that sounds awesome and intense yeah. <laughs> um okay well what are uh what are some of your favorite lyrics whether it's a song or part of a song yeah i i have to say i'm not i'm not really a lyrics guy i i, I i'm uh I've never, I've never, uh, I, I think maybe back to, back to Led Zeppelin, my kind of, uh, 
seminal experience with like uh, trying to like parse the the, uh, the profundity in the in the nonsense uh, <laughs> uh, kind of right. Hold <laughs> me forever, forever. Uh, I, I I'm kind of more drawn to like nonsense lyrics. Uh, I have to mm-hmm. say, uh, yeah, like or, or or lyrics that are not. Um, uh, very oblique or indirect. Uh, if 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 I pay attention to them at all, so, like I, I always love like the lyrics of T Rex, yeah, early, early T Rex because it, uh, uh, like both like Tyrannosaurus Rex, like the, the kind of acoustic acid folk stuff, and and like early T Rex because it just seemed to be made out of like, like, uh, and whether intentional or not, it seemed he just like had a, uh, just a bunch of phrases lying around and just put them together. <laughs> And so that it kind of, you know, it scanned and the meter was right, but uh, they didn't, they kind of added up to maybe something like a series of images rather than a story or right or a narrative. <laughs> but I, I was always fascinated by that. It was just kind yeah. of like a lot of, a lot of like also cliched and like cliched phrases from like er, earlier, like fifties and forties, like beatnik slang stuff, like just thrown together. But it, it, kind of it fit the fit the music and i I quite like this idea of this like this this uh uh like this this hole right in the middle of the song where like you can you can can project whatever you want um yeah sid barrett uh sid barrett era pink floyd and and, and, and like sid barrett solo stuff is also uh um, like noteworthy non-lyrics or lyrics that kind of are are don't don't make sense in the conventions but i've I've never been i've never been like uh you know interested in like bob dylan's lyrics or bruce springsteen lyrics or right or even or even like i don't know leonard cohen is i guess is a is a fine poet but uh i'm in the context of his music i'm the the vocals and the lyrics are kind of more of like i don't know more like a a tone color for me rather than the the meaning of the words yeah i yeah when you got i think that that resonates really with me, like with Leonard Cohen, especially it feels like it's just another sort of instrument in the, especially with his, like, I mean, his like voice of that, like baritone and the, you yeah. know, really, um, but yeah, I know a lot of people really love his lyrics. Yeah. I, I like the T. I I too like sort of nonsensical lyrics that I think. And yeah. I, I always, I'd, I, I always think it's interesting to see what meanings people derive from it. Like, cause it's, especially when there's something, it's like, well, there is no real right or wrong answer here. Cause it's yeah. just kind of, and so it can be like, and not in a like, Oh, haha, you're so silly kind of way. Just, I think it's really fascinating to see how people like different people will interpret the same thing. And um, like, I, I'm a, I really enjoy the band destroyer and Dan Behar, like total mm-hmm. nonsensical lyrics. And yeah. Um, I, yeah, so I I yeah. can relate it's, to uh, that. Some, uh, it, uh, two two other examples occur to me right now. They're quite different, but uh, for these kind of lyrics, where it's very very hard to uh, get a sense of what exactly is meant, but it's it's it conveys a lot of uh, imagery and is very very evocative. On the one hand, uh, butthole surfers, who we mentioned a little mm-hmm. while ago. Yes, um, <laughs> and on the other hand, uh, like Sam Precop's lyrics, "Sea and Cake." Oh yeah. Very, very evocative, but the, I, I, from from what I can tell, there's no like, there's not you know, there's not a narrative or a story or any 
Right. And also very, very impressionistic. Yeah. Oh, that's a good, that's a good call. I like that. Ooh. Okay. This makes, yeah, now I want to go listen to CNK, <laughs> which is never a bad thing. Yeah. Um, let's go with what is a song or what song have you, or can you listen to the most? Um, I, I mean, I guess uh, you could put Bo Diddley on an endless loop and I would probably, I don't know when I would get to that one. <laughs> but since we already talked about that, there's, uh, I've uh, probably listened to uh, Strawberry Fields Forever more than any other song in my life. Well, kind of, you know, uh, nothing, nothing particularly original about that, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a song that opens up a whole world that you can that you can uh, go into uh, uh and i and i also never get tired of it yeah i, I just think i think just the like the phrase strawberry fields forever is such a evocative lovely sort of image mm. um i don't know i yeah i'm it when i was really young and, and i think I, i've told part of the story before but so like my mom, my mom was pretty religious. So she went to church every Sunday. My dad was a heathen and didn't go. And so I have a sis, I have an older sister too. But if one of us, if like if we were sick or something, we would stay home on Sunday mornings with my dad. And I didn't like going to church from a very young age because it was like I had to go and sit still and be quiet. And so I learned early on to kind of fake being sick. And so I'd get and. Anytime I'd stay home with my dad, we would just listen to his records. And it was usually Beatles and Beach Boys were the two things that I remember the most. And this song in particular, because it's like as a five-year-old or six-year-old or whatever, it's just, yeah, there's just something about, like you said, it's just, it's just a sort of lovely, wonderful song. I mean, it's, it's, and, it's, it's uh, yeah, that, that's, yeah, I, I can totally see that. Uh, your uh, pictured in my mind that i think i mean it's it's like a essentially very escapist song like yes like we can there's a, there's another place and we can go there now and yeah. it's uh and it's uh you know it, it kind of lists all the in kind of these weird elliptical uh ways lists all the things that are kind of that, that are bothering me here but we can go there there's like yeah. another and, that, and that's like and in that sense it kind of you know um uh, illustrates like one of the main functions of music itself is that it just, it will, it can take you, it's transported. It takes you elsewhere. Yeah. Also kind of in, in the music and in the lyrics there, although kind of in a, you know, el, you know, elliptic, uh, not elliptical, uh, oblique. Yeah. 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 No, that's, yeah, I, it's, I can, I, I can't imagine ever getting tired of the song, but Bo, yeah. but Bo Diddley's also, I, yeah. Um, all right. Well, what, what is a, cover song that's better than the original uh <laughs> um i mean there's a bunch uh this one is slightly obscure but it's a there's a soul uh uh like a northern soul song called magic touch mm-hmm. which is a cover of uh bobby fuller four which was like a early mid-60s american kind of beat group uh who famously they famously uh, the famous song was i fought the law which was covered by the Clash. Oh, yeah 
but they had another song called magic touch which is you know like a, you know pretty good pretty catchy uh like american uh post beatles beat song but this version by uh melba moore is just uh uh un uh undeniable incredibly uplifting uh um like 60s soul number with with uh incredible drums uh, guitar organ and um, um, really really great uh, backup backup vocals it's, uh, yeah everybody go out and listen to it magic touch by Melba Moore it's unbelievable it, 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 so this it, this is one of the ones that I haven't heard and uh, it's so good oh my god and then I went and listened to I went and listened to the original and it was like yeah it's fine but it, you know I always yeah. think about this like sometimes like with a cover song and this is a great example it's like it's like okay, yeah, this was originally by somebody else, but it's like no, this is her song. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It 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 elevates it to just another just another another plane. Yeah, I'm always I'm I'm always really fascinated by that and love that when you hear like, it's just this idea of taking a song that again, it's a fine song. I'm not like bagging on it, but the the sort of to have the sort of vision or whatever to see like okay i can see in this song is this there's something totally something else here that is transcendent basically and to take it and do that i think is i think that's like this really special skill to be able to do that but um the interesting thing about that about melba moore's version of magic touches it was uh recorded apparently in 67 or 68 but it didn't come out until um until like the mid 80s when oh, it's kind wow. of normal, yeah, it was released by like a like a when it's kind of UK northern soul uh, scene was kind of was kind of quite active. Uh, there's a few labels that were like specialized in digging out kind of obscure, unknown, unreleased American soul uh, uh, recordings from from the archives. And this is one of the one of those labels found this and put it out. And it only came out in like 1986. Yeah, like, was 20 years later, and and became like the song of that scene the kind wow. of the UK northern soul scene and then um and so she had like a bit of a revival uh that's incredible in, within that particular like a micro niche man and i'm just yeah. like reading on here about like that that was that song was like the big like where the first seems like the first thing she recorded or something yeah she i mean she went on she had you know like a uh you know fairly successful recording career throughout the 70s mm-hmm. and the 80s kind of doing kind of you know uh good kind of sophisticated soul and r&b uh but yeah wow yeah that's amazing yeah no this is what like i said i hadn't heard this and again this is like one of my favorite things about doing this show is learning about things that like i never heard this and now yeah i'm I'm gonna listen to this song it's incredible it's like that is the past is infinite somehow i know it is it yeah there's I mean, I'm constantly amazed when I get these lists and I start going through this, like, how, you know, it's like, how did this elude me for yeah. 44 years? And, and, and part of it is because there's just so much, I mean, it's impossible, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but still, I mean, still you and I, and you know, we, a lot of people, we like, you know, we're people who are into music and we listen right. to a lot of music and we, you know, and we dig out music and, and, and we, you know, Try to find things that are new to us, and yet still, there's still always another rock to 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 to, to overturn. I know that's something I always, always say. Something 
Yeah, that's something I always say, like thinking of, because, you know, I mean, there's nowadays, there's so much music coming out nowadays. And as, you know, running a music website, it's, it's daunting would be a yeah. kind way to put it. But I always tell people, like, especially if I'm having conversations with people, like, it's too much. There's too much. I just, I'm like, yeah. But to me, I love the idea of knowing, like, I know that there are stuff out there that, I mean, A, I may never hear it, or I may hear it someday that is, that, you know, it's it's there and it, yeah and you know if it's if i i didn't i didn't know magic touch you know like two years ago yeah i mean that's what a world love yeah. it <laughs> yeah you always have to tell yourself your 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 favorite song you don't know your favorite song yet you haven't right, exactly found it. well and that's what and i always try to tell people too like who are coming on this show like think of it it's like this is this picture at this moment you know like you know all the caveats nobody is you know Except for maybe Bob Diddley, it's objectively the greatest. <laughs> yeah, there can be no question about that. All right, well, we're coming down the home stretch here. We got two <laughs> questions left. I often refer to these as the two big ones, but mm-hmm. what is the song that means the most to you? And it's not necessarily because of the song itself, but like if it's association with an event or with someone or something that makes it so important. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we mentioned this before. It's uh, I think it it will have to be. Uh, Sister Nancy, bomb mm-hmm. bomb, yeah. Um, but it, uh, uh, I mean, the, the song is you know is is it great? It's a classic, for, not without you know it, it's and it, it's super charming and stuff. But for, for me, it's very uh, very meaningful because it's it's a it's a song my 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 partner and I we we both uh, we both uh, love so much. We kind of bonded over, and it was it was, it was the first song we we danced to at our wedding. Oh, that's perfect. Yes, yeah. what a great first song. Like yeah. to, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, and, and it was, and there was also like no question like that. When we were thinking about, okay, we have to, you know, we, we, we should figure out what, you know, what you know, the first few songs after, you know, after the, you know, when, when the music begins, what they should be. And we the, would be expected <laughs> to like dance alone to the first song, which should it be? And we're like, bum, bum. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh, I love it. Um, I think someone else on a, episode hasn't aired yet but it, their, their their song was it was like he and his partner's song and it was i'm a sucker for that kind of thing so because yeah. i am a huge romantic at heart I um think we have to be yeah and it's you know it's part of i think it's uh part of the reason that i really like the new record so much so oh, thank you <laughs> okay well last question at this moment in time here today in uh october um, what is your favorite song, Andrew Beckler? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I put, I mean, I, I wrote down a few, uh, oh. and that's, that's the caveat probably, I guess that everybody gives. <laughs> yeah, this. usually. And I, and I, and I'll usually put people I'm like, nope, you have to pick one. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will say, I will say, um, uh, uh, John Hassel's uh, Dream Theory. Yeah, John Hassel's a big uh, uh, influence and in, uh, on, on me musically and, and in terms of like thinking about music and, and uh, yeah and yeah his, his records are very 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 special very unique uh, and often you know maybe maybe not very often but you know have have some uh, have had some influence and have some people who've taken up the the 
gauntlet in, in kind of various more or less successful ways. But uh, I, I think um, he was he was a, he was a, uh, definitely an original. Yeah, an original synthesis of, of of various ideas that were kind of floating around, but he put them together in a in a, in a very original, very very convincing, very enthralling, uh, captivating way. I'm yeah, I could. I mean, I think he, he's been a huge influence for me. I remember, I I'd heard. I don't remember when I first heard his stuff, but it was a bit later. Like I had heard other. I remember like listening to. It may have been this record for something for the first time and thinking, oh my gosh, there are so many ideas in here that I've heard in other later things that I didn't realize, like it all, like it originated here. And like, when you yeah. think, when I think about a lot of the music that I love, that's like being, you know, or artists making stuff today, I hear so much of his influence and so much work and it's remarkable. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, 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 it's some, it's some, it's kind of gotten into the water, yeah. Uh, kind of in, in indirect, but mostly I think in indirect ways, and just mm-hmm. kind of it's filtered through uh, uh, other things, through through kind of like ambient techno, through through uh, uh, kind of sampling techniques. He was kind of at the very forefront of that. Yes, kind of outside of uh, uh, kind of outside of hip hop. Uh, yeah, kind of ideas of of, of synthesizing, um, uh, uh, kind of organizing principles from from different different of, of music from different parts of the world. So, mm-hmm. in other words, uh, uh, without without uh, not world music in the sense of like kind of conventional music with ornamentation from you know from other parts of the world, but actually yeah. uh, 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 using kind of uh, utilizing or uh, that kind of like the deeper structures of I don't know West African drumming or or, or gamelan or stuff as as a, as a as a part of the composition rather than a kind of ornamentation that just lies mm-hmm. on top of a, yes a, a Western conventional uh, composition yeah like the true or 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 it, uh, and Indian music of course and he was yeah and again back to Bo Diddley uh, he was he was uh, John Hassel was somebody who's who's like uh, harmonically right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very vertical in that sense yes. yeah it all he's, comes... yeah he's i mean he 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 does you know a lot with one chord or one kind of set of intervals um, yeah and yeah no for sure it all <laughs> it all comes back to bow deadly <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a signpost it, it it is i'm gonna go it's like a, it's yeah you're like going down the road and there's a sign there and it's you know like one of those like uh, you know Warner Brothers cartoons where there's like a sign that's pointing to like Albuquerque and right. New York. And it's right. pointing to everything. <laughs> yeah, the sign just says Bo Diddley, and it's or, yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Don Hassel this way, hip hop yeah. this way. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, we've come to the end. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate so much you taking the time and doing this. Yeah, um, it was my pleasure. It was fun talking to you. Yeah, and everybody listening should, of course, check out the new record, which is out now on what label is it out on? Fetish. Uh, oh, it's right. the label. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fetish. and it's. I'll, there will be links in the show notes, of course, to everything. So, Andrew, thank you again, and yeah. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. 
once again, thank you to Andrew Peckler um, for taking the time doing this. It was so much fun. Check out For Lovers Only slash Rain Suite by SG, which is him, and it's wonderful. I think you'll love it. I also need to give a shout-out to my friend and collaborator, Carl Antonowitz, who did the intro this week, and he gave me a bunch of intros, so the next couple weeks you will um, you will see hear or not see them you'll hear them and they're carl's like a voice actor is one of his many trades and uh he's great at it so huge thanks to him check out his website and his patreon i'll put those in the show notes i'll add those and uh you can go check out andrew's picks as always you know how this works maybe i mean maybe you haven't been here before there's a link in the show notes to a youtube playlist that has all his picks um if you really enjoyed this and you want a little bit more, consider joining the Foxy Digitalis Patreon, patreon.com slash foxydigitalis. You get every episode a week early, and each episode has a special Patreon section that has some extra questions and conversation, and a kind of where we let our hair down a little bit. It's a little, little wild over there. So consider doing that. It's five bucks a month, and the support, I mean, it goes a long way to keeping Foxy Digitalis and all these things going, and I just appreciate it so much. All right. That's it. Holler at me. All the places. You know where to find me. Uh, Until the next time, keep on listening to whatever the hell you want.